You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here today. You know, it's been nearly a year since Detroit emerged from the largest municipal bankruptcy in U.S. history. And this week, we're looking at the residents and their experiences before and after the bankruptcy. Later in the hour, we're going to hear a panel discussion about the state of public transit in Detroit. Very important topic, very much on people's minds. They'll talk about what's happened and whether it has improved. But first, we're going to examine the state of public safety in the city. Over the years, Detroit has had one of the worst reputations in the country when it comes to crime. During bankruptcy, former emergency manager Kevin Orr testified that the emergency response time was nearly an hour, and that statistic was used by the governor and the mayor to illustrate how dire the situation was in the city when it came to basic services. And while those statistics are still being scrutinized, and certainly they are way down from where they were uh, reported to be at the beginning of the bankruptcy, it remains that we're not quite up to where we want to be as a city. How do we compare to other large cities? How do we compare to other medium-sized cities? Those are the questions that I think we're still asking. Uh, There's been a slight shift in how the city has been perceived overall with entrepreneurs setting down roots in the city, people coming back, neighborhoods starting to get the attention that they are supposed to get. But public safety still remains a huge concern for many of the people who actually live here. So joining us to talk about the state of public safety in the year since bankruptcy is Detroit Police Chief James Craig. Welcome back to Detroit Today, Chief. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, let's start with uh, the year. We're about to to end the year next month. Uh, where are we with, of course, homicides, which is the the number that lots of people pay attention to. But I always say homicide tells you just one part of the story. It's crime overall. It's violent crime overall. Uh, talk about homicide and then put it in the context of uh, overall crime. Well, Stephen, uh, as you've heard me say many times, you know, we had a great last year. And I shouldn't say great. We had a good last year. A really dramatic difference. I mean, we talked about 299 or 298 homicides, the lowest number in 47 years in Detroit's history. I mean, uh, 299, to me, still too many. Yeah. Uh, But yet, uh, when you compare uh, the past years, it's certainly better, but... You look at this year, we're even better than we were last year. And I know it's hard to fathom that. You you wonder. We've had a a couple of high profile cases that and those those cases always drive fear. But statistically, uh our crime is lower than our it was last year. I mean, if we just talk about homicide, um we're down one percent, not much. Uh, but if you look at uh twenty uh fourteen, um we had 257 homicides at this time, where we have 255 this year. Okay. And if you go back to 2013, we were sitting at 299 at this same time in 2013. So, yes, we are better. Right. I mean, when you look at overall violent crime, again, uh, good last year. Uh, this year, year to date, we're at a 6% reduction. But if you compare that to 2014, once again, a, another good year, we're down 11 percent over 2014. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 2013. I'm sorry. And so, uh, a lot of people uh, look at those numbers and they say, okay, well, the population is also decreasing in the city of Detroit, and so while the numbers are going down, the sheer numbers are going down in crime, the percentage overall is is not changing. How do you how do you answer that? 
Well, let's be candid. Um, you know, we have one of the highest poverty rates. Sure. There is a correlation between poverty and crime. Yeah. Uh, this issue of being dubbed the most violent city in America, sometimes taking the first spot, second, third, uh, didn't just start when I got here. Right. Uh, sure. This issue was broken long before me. Uh, another thing that we shouldn't lose sight of is that we have a police department that under prior, emphasis on prior administrations, was not invested in. We take 10% of their pay. Uh, the numbers of, of police officers has dwindled. Yeah. So we're actually doing more with less. We're more efficient. Uh, you talked about response time at the beginning, about an hour. I mean, we've had weeks in, like last week, we were sitting at roughly 14 minutes. And some might say, well, that still exceeds the national average. I ask folks, what is the national average? Who can tell me the national average for response time? Because one thing that we shouldn't lose sight of, different police agencies measure it differently. I know in my, uh, my former department of Los Angeles, response time is measured from the time that an officer gets the call and he arrives at the location. Whereas here in Detroit, we measure response time from the time you dial the community member dials 911. Yeah. And that really is a true gauge of service. That's the number that matters to me if I'm a citizen. Exactly. Right? You want to know when I pick up 911, how long? Well, you look in a city like L.A., well, yes, yeah, 4 million people. Uh, small police department, when you compare the population to the number 10,000 police officers, where Chicago's half the size of L.A., Yeah. But yet it has 12,000 police officers. And here we are in Detroit, and we can talk about population, uh, but we still have crime that drives yeah. you know, the, our, our challenges, and, and our staffing talk challenges. Talk about that number, that raw number here. I mean, I, 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 I think the raw number of police officers that we have is a shocking it is shocking thing to, to, um, to think about. It's, it's under 2,000, correct? Yeah. If you just look at the police officer position um we're talking about 1478 that's what we're sitting on so we're down 146 police officers when you look at our total sworn complement uh we're talking roughly uh 2200 right and and the difference between that 2200 and that 1400 is officers who are on the street well uh, well we just talk about police officers when you look at our sworn complement you include include everyone, assistant Civilians. chiefs, deputy chief commanders, yeah. captains, detectives, right. because they all play a role in the overall operations of the department. Uh, the police officers are the ones on the beat. Who the one, uh, but you got supervisors, sergeants that are out there supporting the police officers right. and play a role. So, But we shouldn't lose sight of a police department that was not invested in. And now, you know, we have an administration that understands – the importance of public safety understands the importance of policing and the effect it can have on a, on a city. Yeah, and I've been in cities where that was a priority. Uh, the pay was, you know, considerate yeah. of what you know uh, was going on in that city. I mean, I look at the old city of Cincinnati. Uh, police officer there starts out at roughly fifty two thousand a year. Here's what thirty two. It's roughly. like thirty two. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why, a lot in a much more challenging environment. And so we shouldn't lose sight on the investment or lack of investment in the past 
for our police officers. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Detroit Police Chief James Craig. We are talking about the state of public safety in Detroit a year after the city emerged from bankruptcy. Where is the crime rate? How many officers do we have? What are response times looking like? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 313-577-1019. You have a question for the chief, a question about crime overall, 313-577-1019. Chief, I I want to talk about that investment question and where where you see us uh, changing that perhaps in Detroit. Uh, well, pay for officers not, is not going up. Uh, there's not money to, to, to raise the pay. Well, the mayor's taken a, you know, as a leader, he's taken a, a, an innovative approach to finding uh, ways that we can increase the pay of police officers. Yeah. Again, he clearly understands its importance. Those cities that don't, Detroit was one of them. And what happened? No investment in public safety. They didn't have equipment. Uh, And so we fell behind dramatically. Uh, When I started here in the 70s, the late 70s, certainly uh, public safety was important. Uh It was important to that administration. There was a certainly a big push to hire. Uh, The mayor then understood and knew that the Republican National Convention was coming in 1980. And once that occurred, I was a victim of uh, staffing reductions and layoff, like so many other police officers, 1,500. Uh, so we lost. Uh, but investment in public safety is critical to a city turnaround. And investment, just not just in the pay, which, of course, drives the question of whether people want to do the job or stay on the job. Yes. But also investment in terms of just the number of officers. I mean, uh, 1,400 officers for a, a city this large, uh, still 700,000 people. Still 700,000. And, and, of course, lots of other people in the surrounding communities who come in and are either victims of crime or, in some cases, come in and maybe perpetrators of crimes. I mean, is that number a reasonable number to have? Well, no, uh, we are absolutely pushing to hire more police officers. But, you know, as the mayor understands, I understand, uh, certainly we have to make the position attractive. I mean, we're competing with our suburban neighbors. Uh, we're competing in the sense that we're trying to retain our good officers. Uh, many of these cities, candidly, are poaching on Detroit. Yeah, They're hiring Detroit police officers, well-trained. There's no investment in training on, on the part of that municipality. And so you get a good police officer, and you just plug them in. Yeah. And so, but we have to be competitive. Uh, and we're doing that. We're turning it around. Uh, that's work in progress. But again, Stephen, you have to look at, you know, and compare what other cities that are doing. I mean, when you look at lo- the the Los Angeleses or the New Yorks, mm-hmm. uh, they understand the importance of public safety and they invest. We're doing that now. That didn't happen in years past. Do you feel like it will take some time for the effect of that investment to, to take hold here? In other words... Well, I uh, think that things are... Uh, dramatically shifting yeah. in the right direction. Uh, certainly, uh, I oftentimes say how important cops are, but as important as leadership. Police officers need to feel supported. Sure, uh, You've heard me talk about the state of the department when I got here in terms of morale. It was at the very bottom. Yeah, At the very bottom. And so you ask why. You know, part was pay. Part was the lack of support. An 11-year consent judgment. Uh, you know, police officers 
wanted one thing. They wanted to be able to do their jobs again. And that was something that I heard over and over again. In fact, someone just recently, uh, Cliff Russell on another show, said he talked to a police officer recently that said he felt the morale was up because he now feels like he can do police work again. Yeah, yeah, that's important. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Detroit Police Chief James Craig. We are talking about crime, response times, morale, uh, the size of the force uh, here in Detroit one year after Detroit's historic municipal bankruptcy. If you want to join the conversation, you have a question for the chief, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to Robin in Detroit. I'm sorry. Actually, let's go to Emmett in Detroit. Emmett? Hello. Welcome Hello, to Detroit Steven. today. Yeah. Hello, Chief. Hey, how you doing, Emmett? Uh, great to have you here in the city of Detroit. I'm a second-generation business owner. I just want to make a couple comments. Um, great work that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, you actually, you know, at 36 years old, you give me a, a good future to look at and continue to keep a business in Detroit. However, uh, you know, in terms of getting support, two solutions that I might have for you to, to think about would be possibly to revamp the application procedure and actually raising the uh, pay based off of, uh, a point system for our police officers and hopefully uh, also getting residency back to our uh, city police officers uh, based on a point system. And then secondly, possibly do a special assessment uh, for business owners that want to actually increase the uh, police presence in our, uh, in our city here in the city of Detroit. Because we know that, uh, you know, only way to actually uh, continue to entice business owners and good families to stabilize the city of Detroit would be through a police presence, uh, Emmett. Let me let me ask you uh, to expand on this this point system that you're talking about. I, I I'm not sure I understand what what you're thinking of there. Okay. Well, my thought was, you know, if you're going through an application, you have a reading sample, you have an interview sample, um, you also have a uh, physical sample, uh, and it, it could be based on so many points in a tier system, and also an educational sample. Uh, or a portion for your education, think it based on a tier system and weight it through, say, for instance, 40 points. It could be the maximum allowed points. And then if you meet the amount of points, then you can reach the top end of your pay scale. I see. I see. Oh, so yeah. the weight starting, you're saying the weight, the starting pay according according to something like that. Exactly. And we okay. can also reward our uh, our police officers also for living so many miles within city limits in Detroit yeah. based off of this uh, tier system as well. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for that call, Emmett. Uh, Chief, I'm going to ask you to respond to the, the question about the point system, but also to talk about the limitations on that with the geographic uh, problem. We cannot, we can't bring residency back. Uh, there's a Supreme Court ruling. Right. That there's says a ruling on it. And I know that, but, you know, it was one of the things that I heard from residents, business owners, there's certainly a strong outcry of residency. And so we understand that, you know, you know, when I was a police officer here, we had residency. And, you know, I went away, and I, and I got to tell you, when I look at my time in Los Angeles, the vast majority of Los Angeles police officers lived outside of the city. Uh-huh. And it certainly didn't have a negative effect on policing, uh, 
but you know, there's the issue of recruitment. There's recruitment. Recruitment is a is a big challenge, well, and there's also presence, right? I mean, if I if I am a, a police officer, I live in the neighborhood. Uh, one thing I know they do in some cities, they let them take the cars well, home. Well, uh, you, you, I'm sure you know about the initiative that I started uh, right. um, with the neighborhood police officers. Uh, right. Those neighborhood police officers that live in the city. Uh, right now we have two neighborhood police officers that have available to take the uh, cruiser home. This, yeah. And, and I got to tell you, that's worked very well. So we're looking at expanding that effort uh, uh I was in D.C. and I noticed that in Washington, D.C., police officers take their cars home to yeah. live in the city. And so I thought, that's a novel concept. Let's see if we can replicate a similar uh, effort here. And so we're, we're doing it uh, because we understand it. But the other part about you know reaching out and touching Detroit residents, we've also started our high school magnet program, police magnet, where we are you know, in Detroit high schools. Yeah. And the theory is once they graduate, they can go right into police academy. We hire at 18. These are Detroiters. Uh, and so you build in kind of a, a residency, right. uh, if you will, or right. enhance yeah, without Without residents. having the actual requirement. Exactly. Yeah. Now let's go back to the phones. Anthony and Monroe, welcome to Detroit Today, Anthony. Hello. Uh-huh. Well, um, the last caller stole my thunder about the residency <laughs> and the... Uh, and the recruiting. Okay. Uh, you know, recruit a- after residency was removed, recruiting suffered because I I honestly believe that when you hire people from outside your your community to police your community, that lack of personal investment is just not there. Right. Right. Um, see that like when I was in the military. I mean, when I went overseas. I was doing a job. I had no vested interest in the community itself because I wasn't going to be there. And when and it's like you do your eight hours, you go home to your community. Then you come back for eight hours. Then you go home. Your 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 investment is where you live, not where you work. Sure. I, I want to respond. Go ahead, go ahead, um, Anthony. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chief. Thank you for that call, Anthony. You know, I, I got to tell you. Um, Police officers that I work with here in Detroit, um, each and every day I'm just so impressed with the commitment and the dedication. Uh, Police officers that put their lives at risk. You know, we've had, uh, unfortunately, several of our officers shot over the last couple of weeks. Uh, These officers weren't running away from, you know, making a difference. They were running to the danger uh, to make Detroit a safer city. Uh, the commitment is absolutely there, and to suggest otherwise is wrong. I've right. been in other places. I've seen the commitment and dedication. And you feel like the residents. And I'm talking black, white, doesn't make a difference. There. Brown officers, who some live outside the city and some live inside the city, uh, we hold our officers accountable to provide the very best service. And so I understand. The thinking behind those who live in the city are more invested in the city. Uh, I live in the city, of course, but I also know that many of our officers live outside. Yeah, These officers put forth a maximum effort, and yes, they want to go home like everyone else to their families, but they're putting their lives in harm's way each and every day. They're not running from danger. They're running to it. 
to make this a safer city. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Police Chief James Craig of the city of Detroit. We're talking about crime, about police presence, about police response uh, at uh, at a year's mark after uh, the bankruptcy that, uh, that, that Detroit went through. We're going to take a quick break and come back and, and stay on the phones. Uh, if you got a call for uh, Chief Craig, you got a question, Give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today at 27 minutes past the hour on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And thanks for being here. My guest uh, right now is Detroit Police Chief James Craig. We are talking about crime in the city. Crime, police response time, the size of the force, uh, residency requirements. We're talking about all of those things in the context of this being about a year since the city of Detroit emerged from its historic municipal bankruptcy. If you have a question for the chief, want to talk about crime in the city, want to talk about what's going on in your area, uh, give us a call, 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Chief, before we we went to the break, you were talking some about uh, officers who have been uh, assaulted or or I think you said you had a a number of officers shot recently, a few. Um, uh, Talk about that relationship between officers in the community that 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 strains it obviously when when uh, they're facing violence uh, from from people in the city it also makes it more difficult uh, to to sort of protect uh, citizens who are just there expecting the cops to, to to help them um where are we with that i mean we see in some other cities real tensions between the police department and the citizenry uh, I, I know you were very vocal about that earlier this year. I'm about still very vocal. Places like Baltimore, where we've seen real, real issues. Compare Detroit uh, to those other places. Well, there's no when you compare Baltimore to Detroit. There's no comparison. I mean, our relationship with our community is very different. You know, our community, uh, for the most part, supports our police department. You know, one of the things that we're confronted with in law enforcement today, regardless of where you're at, is certainly uh, some of the negative uh, images of police officers engaging in misconduct and then overreaction at times to uh, some incidents involving police officers. And so when you talk about the Internet and you talk about social media, uh, if it happens in St. Louis, it happens here in Detroit. But what we have here that I think gives us an advantage, I mean, we have good relations with our community. And again, you know, we talk about, I have a belief based on my years of experience as to why the level of violence is such. Um, Candidly, I think that um, those who are criminally inclined towards violence, violence towards police officers, uh, in a strange way, feel somewhat empowered. Um, The anti-police rhetoric that permeates many of our cities today, uh, I believe, has had an effect on those who believe it's okay Uh uh, to engage in violence towards police officers. Uh, It has changed. Uh, Those who suggest uh, 
was talking to a caller on another radio show yesterday who made the suggestion that, you know, police officers should expect to be shot, expect to be met with violence. And to me, that's absurd. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely absurd that someone would even uh, think that way. But there has been a change. Uh, I've seen it in my time in this business. And those who are involved in criminal activity are much more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, they're more inclined to attack police officers. And it's a, There's it's no a, fear. It's a harder core uh, uh, sort of well, dynamic. They, they, some have been with. empowered. Yeah. Uh, they believe that uh, they're, I, 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 you know, it's hard to say. Uh, but I can tell you there's a change. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Tom in northwest Detroit. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, good morning, Steve, and good morning to the chief. Uh-huh. Good morning. You know, let me say this up front. I have the utmost respect for those, I call them Detroit's finest, who go out there and, you know, don that uniform and go out there on the street to, as they say, they took the oath to protect and to serve. My hat's off to you because, believe me, first of all, they don't pay you all enough money. And if it was up to me, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, um, you know, it would just be crazier than it is out there right now. But, you know, as, the, you know, last year the homicide rate went down, okay? And, I mean, I was past president of Northwestern District Police Community Relations for, for two terms, and I'm also now in the second precinct. And, I, you know, I, we, they give reports about categorically how crime is doing. And overall, crime is down. And, I mean, that's a hats off to Detroit's finest because, I mean, like I said, as crazy as it is out there with them, I would not fat, I would not want to fathom a thought of how things would be, you know, with, with them not being there because, I mean, the city, we're on a rebound now. And the bottom line comes down to this. Public safety has got to be the most paramount issue because if the city is not safe or perceived as safe. Yeah, people won't you live think, here. You think folks would be moving into downtown and midtown and maybe some of these other places like Live Six and, you know, getting ready to do the do the do over at Herman Kiefer? No, they wouldn't. But you know, like I said, Chief, my hat's off to you. Thank and you, you know, and, and the rest of Detroit's finest. And I mean, believe me, I really appreciate what you all do. Okay. Well, I appreciate your comments. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, thank you for the call, Tom. Let's qu- take one uh, quick other call here. Pat in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, hi. My question was, what's the starting salary for a police officer, and if that's competitive with other non-college degree type jobs? And then two, uh, if you're considered, and I know it's probably not realistic here, but to have an all-college degree police force, because it just seems like I'm an 18-year-old kid from high school, 19. I just don't – a 19-year-old seems too young to be a police officer. Okay. Thank you for that call, Pat. Uh, Chief, we have about a minute left to answer that call. Let's take the second part. I know that the salary – the starting salary is around 32000 32. Uh, and uh, we do hire 18-year-olds. You hire 18 I was 19. Why do you do that? I was 19 when I started. And, you know, truly uh, – But other departments, the caller, other departments uh, don't do that, right? Some don't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying – I can't – I can tell you some of the larger ones is 21 years. Uh, we hired 18. There's some good reasons for that, and, but also we talk about the maturity piece. Sure. You know, education is critical. It is important. Um, and so we are building in incentives for those who do get hired without college 
they can go back to school. To go back, sure. And uh, finish their education. Okay. All right. Detroit Police Chief James Craig, thank you for being here on Detroit Today. We'll catch up with you at the end of the year to see where we end with those numbers. Sounds good. Thank you, Stephen. All right. Coming up, we're going to talk about transit here in the city of Detroit, a moderated panel with Transit Chief Dan Dirks. Stay with us on Detroit Today. (laughs) 